Today on the Mind Over Money podcast, we are going to discuss income tax strategies and the classification of your income. It's important that everyone understand how the IRS tax code offers a lot of ways to reduce your income tax burden. You just need to know what strategies to implement when it comes to your revenue and expenses. We think today's show is going to be very informational. It's going to set the tone for future shows when we bring CPAs from E3 Tax and different financial professionals on the show to talk about specific income tax strategies. But today, it's about a high-level conceptual concept conversation that relates to your mindset when it comes to income taxes and opportunity cost. So we appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy the show. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us via email at info at e3wealth.com, via Twitter at e3wealthstl, or find us on Facebook at E3 Consultants Group. Okay, today on the Mind Over Money podcast, we're going to be talking about one of the most I don't know if you could say controversial, but definitely a topic that anybody who is saving money, who is investing money, who is attempting to accumulate wealth and control it wants to be thinking about, and that's income taxes. Now, what we're going to talk about today on the show is income tax strategies, um, ways in which you could consider reclassifying your income or for a lack of better terms, really figuring out where does your income show up on your tax return. And also, we want to discuss the thinking differently mindset that we have at E3 when it comes to taxes. Um, income taxes are probably one of the most mis misunderstood opportunity costs in someone's personal or business economy. It is something that has uh, been around for over 100 years. Our current tax code was put in place in 1913, uh, about the same time that the uh, government also put the Federal Reserve into existence as we know it today. We have a very progressive tax system, which is uh, one that says the more you earn, the more you're going to pay, and it is also one of the most complicated. Uh, we're talking 80,000 plus pages of tax code that is so difficult to understand. It's so difficult to navigate. Um, and many tax professionals only understand a small sliver of those 80,000 pages. And unfortunately, that is used to the government's advantage. That lack of knowledge is something that definitely permeates our American society. And it's one where if you do have the knowledge or do have the resources, like, like the wealthy do, to hire professionals that can comb through those 80,000 pages to figure out how in the world can I minimize my tax liability, then you're going to get further ahead. In our, uh, in our current economic system. So at E3, we have a very simple mindset when it comes to taxes. We figure every dollar you don't pay in taxes is one dollar you can save and spend however you choose. So it's all about control. 
And we also believe that you need to be able to integrate your risk minimization strategies with your tax diversification strategies. Um, most financial firms talk about accumulation or investing money now and taking distributions, say, in retirement or later in the future. With E3, we focus on utilization strategies, and that is a mindset of continuous saving plus investing plus spending throughout your entire life. So one of the things we go through with all of our clients is really understanding how their personal economy, their business economy looks and how it's going to be impacted from a tax perspective. Most people don't really understand how our tax system is structured. You know, you know there's different tax brackets. You know that as you earn more income, not only are you going to be paying more taxes, but also the potential that you could lose out on deductions as your income goes higher, which if your deductions are being decreased, that's no different than just having an increase in your taxes. Um, but a lot of people don't realize what what is the makeup of a tax return. Um, what causes your income to increase from the different sources that you have? How do the different tax brackets factor in? Um, how does the different types of income that you're earning, whether it's wages or investment income, which might be active investing, versus, say, passive income strategies like real estate or other um, um, entities. What do things look like if you own a business, whether you're a Schedule C or you have an LLC or an S-Corp or C-Corp? How do things flow through on your tax return there? All of those different things um, that impact someone's tax picture can have a tremendous impact on the bottom line. And this is something that we've researched. Um, I spent a, a good amount of time in uh, my book, Understanding the Secret Language of Money, that I wrote back in 2014. I actually talked about the societal misunderstanding when it comes to our government deficits. And you know, back in 2010, that was like the height of when we were experiencing um, massive annual budget uh, deficits and there was this big push to increase the tax rates and tax the rich and you know this idea that if we just tax people that have more or earn more that's going to solve our problems so I decided well all right, let, let's let's go and look at this let's go and look at how our tax system is really structured so back in 2010 we had about 140 million taxpayers only half of all eligible Americans actually paid income taxes. So the total income taxes paid in 2010 were $1.03 trillion, and that was about an effective tax rate of 12.2%, uh, or you know, off of the $8.4 trillion of total income that was earned, about a million of it uh, was collected in taxes. So as you dig a little deeper into those numbers and realize that the top 50% of all taxpayers, so about 70 million, ended up paying 97% of all taxes. So that top 50%, if you actually looked at, well, what was the adjusted gross income for the, you know, the lowest person in that 50%? The adjusted gross income was just north of $33,000. So for that 
top 50% to be in the 50% or above, it was 33,000 of adjusted gross income. That's not exactly a rich lifestyle. So you've got half of Americans who are paying $0 in income tax. And the bottom half of that 50% that does pay only pays about 3%. So again, 140 million taxpayers, potentially. 70 million of them aren't paying taxes. So there's the other 70 million that are paying all the taxes. Then you take that 70 million and 97% of them, or excuse me, 97% of the taxes collected off of those 70 million came from the top 50%. So when you look at the source of income that comes into the government, and basically, if you want to say, what's the top 10%? Well, the top 10% is a little over 113,000 of adjusted gross income. And that top 10 paid about 70% of the taxes. The top 1%, which was about $380,000 of adjusted gross income, they paid about 38%. You start to look at this and say, well, okay, you know, yeah, the the rich are, are what is deemed as rich, someone with a high income, they should be paying more of the taxes because they have more of the income. The, the people that are below $33,000 you know, that's not really a lot of income, so you really shouldn't expect them to have to pick up the tab, especially when we have a deficit. So why don't we just double the taxes that were paid by those, you know, uh, let's say the top uh, 50%. Well, if you double the amount of taxes that they pay, the deficit would still have been about $269 billion. So even if you double the taxes on the top 50%, you're still not solving the problem of the budget deficit back in 2010. Increasing taxes is not going to solve fiscal woes, but don't think for a second that our government isn't going to stop trying to force more responsibility on those people who have two things, income and assets. Now think about this. Income can be confiscated through taxes as you earn those dollars, and inflation will extract your buying power over time, slowly but surely. Assets are impacted by taxes based on the type of asset and where they're held. Are they held in taxable accounts, tax-deferred, or tax-exempt accounts? While inflation erodes the value of all assets as the Fed is printing more dollars. And consider that if you go back to 1913 when the Federal Reserve was created and you were going to buy something for four cents back in 1913, today that item would cost you a dollar. So something that cost four cents back in 1913 now will cost a dollar today. So effectively, you lose 96% of all the purchasing power. And see, that's the reason why at E3 we spend so much time talking with our clients about taxes and if you're truly going to be working with somebody that's helping you with money you have to have a thorough and vetted strategy that relates to taxes and unfortunately our industry um, either segregates people into different categories so if i'm a an advisor at edward jones i'm i'm basically told that i can't talk about taxes. I'm, a, I'm an investment advisor, so I don't, I don't talk about taxes. Or you have some people that 
basically say, well, you know, you need to talk to your CPA about that or your tax professional. And of course, you get a conversation with a tax professional who isn't integrated with the person that's helping you save or invest your money. And all of a sudden, there's a, a disconnect. One person's telling you one thing, another person's telling you something else. Uh, again, 80,000 pages in the tax code. So there's a lot of room for uh, different opinions or perspectives. And what we have found in E3 is when you have different mindsets that relate to income taxes and strategies around your personal or business economy, that confusion is going to lead to an ineffective strategy. It's going to lead to you being put in a position where you're not going to be able to optimize the things that you're attempting to do. So what we do at E3 is think very differently. We are very proactive with our tax strategies with our clients, not reactive. That means we operate a little bit differently. You know, we have our, our wealth management firm, we have our tax firm, we have our family office model. So what we attempt to do is we focus more on our E3 tax folks being tax advisors, not just tax preparers. Essentially what that means is our tax advisors are focused on looking at the present, looking at your past, and then looking at the future and integrating all three of those. Whereas in most cases, people that focus just on tax preparation, they're mainly just looking at the past. That's the only area that they look at um, in, your, in your tax picture. The second thing that we like to do is help people understand the different mindsets around taxes and realizing that in the tax code, there's actually two different tax codes. There's the one for the W-2 employee and there's the one for the 1099 entrepreneur or, you know, uh, entrepreneur that has an LLC or an S-Corp or C-Corp. The fact that those different types of income-related uh, uh, choices to how you earn your money, do you earn it as an employee or do you earn it as an employer or self-employed? And how that translates into your tax picture and the fact that in 80,000 pages of the tax code, there's so much more flexibility if you're on that entrepreneurial side. For us, it is a mission to communicate to people the more entrepreneurial you are, the more you understand different ways to potentially reclassify your income. I'll talk a little bit about that. It just leads to you being in control of your financial picture. It gives you more options. It allows you to determine what is your tax picture going to look like. And we attempt to help people understand that this mindset, it isn't one that's about tax evasion, okay, which is, you know, breaking the law. <laughs> we, we're, not, we're not trying to get you in a, a, a position where you're doing anything illegal. However, it is your legal right to avoid taxes as much as possible. By law, we're only required to pay taxes on our money once. The most important thing is to figure out when does it make sense for you to pay those taxes once and how do you go about getting your principal to continue to grow on any money that you already pay taxes on and make sure that the growth on that money 
is taxed at the least amount possible, if if any at all. So that mindset is one that really puts us at E3 in a place where we want to create a best interest perspective. We want to give you the ability ability to be educated on strategies that have been around for a very long time, have been in the tax code for 100 plus years, but they may be new to you. And that is something where when we talk about this idea of reclassifying your income, most people have never heard of it before. But that doesn't necessarily mean that reclassification is something you shouldn't consider. So let's let's talk a little bit about this this concept of reclassification of your income. <clears throat> so the IRS tax code offers a lot of ways to reduce your income tax burden. You just need to know what strategies to implement for your revenue and expenses. So we talked a little bit about the fact that in the tax code there's the kind of the tax code for people that are employees and the tax code for people that are employers. If you are someone that is receiving a W-2, so you're getting wages as an employee on your 1040, that income is going to go on line seven. It's probable that you have the least amount of strategies available to you. And that doesn't mean that your situation is dire or your situation is hopeless. But what it does mean is you're probably getting advice in the um, status quo manner. And the status quo is going to pretty much tell the W-2 employee that, okay, you get your net take-home pay and we hold out taxes for you and we're holding out federal, we're holding out state, maybe we're holding out city taxes, we're holding out um, FICA for Social Security and Medicare. So all of these things that you're seeing withheld from your, uh, your paycheck, whatever you get to take home, that's what you get to keep. But you don't get to control the money that they're withholding for taxes. That's immediately taken out of your hands. And also at the same time, most people that are those W-2 employees, they're going to be told, well, the best thing you can do to save money for the future is tax-deferred dollars from your paycheck to, say, a 401k or another type of retirement plan. So again, most of those decisions are kind of already put in place for you. We're, we're told that those are great ideas. Those are uh, ideas that are going to minimize the amount of risk that we have. Uh, you know, you, you save on taxes today because in the future, you're going to be probably in a lower tax bracket. That's what we're being told. That's what baby boomers were told for the last 20, 30 years. You know, tax defer as much money as you can, save money in your 401ks, build up your balances. Money's going to grow without taxes. You're, you're not going to, you know, if you save $20,000 in your 401k, that 20000 is not going to go on your tax return. It, it'll be a good thing. Now, when those baby boomers are retiring today, or say in the next five to 10 years, and they realize that their tax situation is in direct correlation to their lifestyle, because all of the income that they're going to earn in retirement is going to show up on their tax return now, all of a sudden you start to realize, well, if I retire, I don't want my standard of living to go down. If anything, I want it to go up. 
And in order to do that, I need to get access to my money. And all of my money is tied up in places where I pay taxes. It's very possible that in retirement, I could be paying more taxes than I was when I was working. And yet, what I did with my savings was I deferred it into places where I didn't have control of it while I was accumulating it. And then at the time when I needed the money, now it's 100% taxable. So as a W-2 employee, we believe you need to look at ways in which you're saving and investing money, not just from a risk perspective, not from a, a portfolio allocation perspective only. We believe you need to look at it from a tax diversification standpoint too. Shouldn't If you're balancing your portfolio amongst different asset classes, shouldn't you also consider balancing your portfolio from a tax diversification? Have some money in taxable accounts, some money in tax-deferred accounts, some money in tax-free accounts. That type of diversification is vital for the W-2 employee. What if you're a W-2 employee and you want to get out of that situation or you want to increase your flexibility by being more entrepreneurial? Maybe you want to create more growth on your money through investment income. Uh, maybe you want to invest in more passive strategies like real estate or other business um, ventures. If you go this route and whether you leave the W-2 employee world or you just balance things out with more entrepreneurial things that you're doing, once you start to go in that direction, you realize there's a lot more flexibility in the way things hit your tax return. So when, when we talk about investment income, we're talking about uh, putting money into the stock market or into different investments where the taxation of your money occurs on an annual basis, whether you're paying taxes at the ordinary income level or the capital gains level. But on your tax return, you're going to see things on line eight, 8A or 8B, lines 9 and lines 13. So that's for interest, dividends, and capital gains. When you're investing and you're earning growth on a year-by-year -year basis and you're paying taxes on that growth, you need to realize that if I pay taxes on my money now, is that going to benefit me in the future or am I going to just constantly be paying, paying taxes on my money today and tomorrow and into the future because my money is in those same areas and even though when I pay taxes on my um, capital gains or ordinary income that gets added to my basis I'm still paying a tax and opportunity cost of that money each year so there's a lot of strategies and a lot of ways that people look to get their money to be more passive they, they look to put money into say real estate strategies where their money flows through like their schedule E or K1 um, you know, line 17 and 18 on your 1040 are going to have that money flowing through there. Now, passive income strategies are ways that a lot of our clients have actually attempted to position themselves as more financially independent. They would rather go and invest money into another asset or a business, something that they can control, and that business is going to generate income and that income can be generated whether they're involved on the day-to-day -day basis of the business or 
They have someone else running it for them. They're the proprietor. They're the owner of that business. But they don't necessarily have to operate it. That is a very big different uh, difference in mindset. And it's something that we work with our clients on a continual basis is actually thinking through, well, what is your definition of retirement? What does it mean for you to be retired? Maybe your definition of retirement is, I don't want to be a W-2 employee my whole life. I want to transition to be a 1099 independent contractor, or I want to own a franchise, or I want to get an online business, or I, I have uh, desires to, to own real estate and have that pay me a, a monthly income for as long as I own those assets. That type of mindset not only gives you more control on the income side, but it also gives you tremendous flexibility in what you actually do on your tax return. Now, this show is not the one where we're going to go into the deep dive strategies related to uh, your tax return and, and how you can save on taxes. This is, this is more of a big picture conceptual um, conversation today. But I promise you, we will bring some of our uh, CPAs from E3Tax on the Mind Over Money podcast and talk about some specific strategies. Talk about deconstruction or cost segregation or what happens on your itemized deductions when your adjusted gross income gets too high or how does your health insurance or medical um, cost impact your tax situation? Um, What can you be doing from a gifting perspective what can you do to basically change the way your income flows through on your tax return? Those are going to be things that we'll talk about in the future. But today, we're really focused on the high level. So when we talk about, say, a, you know, starting your own business or having your own LLC or S-Corp or C-Corp, while there's a lot that goes on with operating a business, whether you're uh, you know a sole proprietor or you're a business that has you know 20 employees, 50 employees, 500 employees, tens of thousands of employees, the bottom line is a business entity has a lot more flexibility in the tax code. There are a lot of ways for you to legally do things within the bit, the confines of the business with with the business checkbook that can potentially be deductible. When if you did those from a personal perspective, um, they wouldn't be deductible. And that's a huge thing for a lot of people to, to realize. And when we sit down with small business owners and, and look at their tax return because they were, say, working with the tax preparer, just somebody that you know took the numbers they gave them and put them on a tax return and then said, okay, your taxes are finished and you owe X amount of dollars. When we sit down and say, well, did you, did you think about how um, – how your car expenses could be flowing through the business. Have you ever thought about, you know, owning or leasing a car through the business? What about, you know, home office deductions? What about different travel that that could relate to business and personal use? Um, What are things that you could be uh, purchasing inside of the business that are going to benefit your business, but also are going to benefit you, you know, personally? What are some things that you could be doing where you purchase, say, a second home and want to use that for vacations, but you also want to use it for rental property? All of these things can relate to an individual's tax return. 
But unless you're sitting down with someone that understands these things, you're going to be looking at things through a very narrow perspective. Again, tax advice versus tax preparation. We want to teach you how to pay taxes on your money once versus that traditional tax deferral strategy. And we really need you to understand that just because there are strategies that are new to you, it doesn't mean that these are new to the tax code. Um, one of the simplest things that we will talk about with clients is this idea of getting money to be tax-free from a growth perspective. In essence, pay taxes on your money once, okay? Normally pay taxes on it now and get that money to grow, get it to compound where it's uninterrupted. And if you can get money to grow tax-free and never stop, then you get to keep all of that growth. You get to utilize all of that growth. You even get to utilize your principal and your growth while your money's continuing to compound. This is the mindset that when you start to really understand how money can grow tax-free, all of a sudden you start to look at your overall financial picture and ask yourself, well, why am I reducing my flexibility and putting money into places where I know I'm going to have to pay taxes in the future whenever I want to use the money. And if paying taxes means I have to look at the tax brackets and figure out, well, how much money can I access without paying more taxes? And all of a sudden you start having a scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset when it comes to your money. That's what taxes can do to people. It can paralyze them. It can put them into a situation where they're having fits of anger and rage over you know something that they didn't realize they were going to have to pay taxes on. Or if they jump a bracket because they pulled a big chunk of money out because they wanted to do something fun and all of a sudden they got hit with you know an extra 10 or 15% in taxes. Those are the types of things we want to want to avoid it at all costs. Okay, so that pretty much wraps up the conversation today on classification of income, looking at income tax strategies. We are going to have some future guests on the show that will talk more specifics. We'll, we'll probably get into a couple topics at any one time because in order to understand these things, it really boils down to you sitting with a qualified tax advisor. Um, at E3 Tax, we do that with our family office model. Um, but there are a lot of qualified tax advisors out there who do focus on looking at their present, going back to the past, and also looking into the future and molding those three different states together for you so you can have a cohesive plan. I look forward to having future discussions on this topic. It's, it's one that's not going away anytime soon, and appreciate you listening to the show today. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us via email at info at e3wealth.com, via Twitter at e3wealthstl, or find us on Facebook at E3 Consultants Group. This material is provided for informational purposes only and is educational in nature. It should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. A financial professional must have a complete understanding of someone's financial picture in order to advise and act in their best interest. Please consult with a financial professional 
tax advisor, or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Specific investments may not be deemed suitable for all listeners, and this podcast should not be deemed as an offer or recommendation of any investment. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated, an SEC registered investment advisor. Both are located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia, 30005. Kalos Capital Incorporated and Kalos Management Incorporated do not provide tax or legal advice. Neither E3 Consultants Group, E3 Wealth, or E3 Tax are an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.